We'd like to welcome you back to our emergency freedom alerts for February 27, 2023. This is part two. Again, this is the 1960s interview. David Wilkerson debates the original Jesus people. Jesus people movement got its start from an evangelical coffee house in Haight-Asbury called the living room. Again, that word Asbury, which was, this was the most wicked part or one of the most wicked parts of San Francisco. Legendary. You could do just key and hate Ashbury and you'll documentaries on it. The 60s counterculture, hippies, make love, not war. I mean, obviously you got the, the homosexual gay thing going on out there. Liberal as you could possibly be. Godless as you could possibly be. I mean, the drug use that was going on there in that time, in this very time this Jesus movement people started, was unbelievable i mean just strung out addicts everywhere this is documented okay so these are the people that david wilkerson debates here famed evangelist dave wilkerson came from new york city to interview the hippie preachers i really wonder if one of these guys was lonnie frisbee i don't know but was disgusted to learn they were smoking weed and were seemingly nonchalant about their uh about them taking lsd or acid yet preaching about Jesus Christ. I mean, the Bible says regarding, I mean, church behavior, we just went over those verses, but I mean, these guys are, are operating in a ministerial capacity, okay? Like a preacher, like a pastor, like a bishop, like a deacon, like an elder. So let's just look real quick at what those qualifications are. Okay, so here's one that talks about elders. Um, Titus 5.1, for, for this cause I left thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I have appointed thee. If any be blameless, so they need to be blameless. Okay, if you're doing LSD and, and, and operating as an openly gay man and getting stoned all the time and doing God knows what else, you're not blameless. You are disqualified from ministry because this would apply to um pastors bishops deacons elders okay if these guys are supposedly the hippie preachers they're not adhering at all to what the bible clearly states and this is another fruit of only only god knows what weird version they were reading the bible back then guaranteed it wasn't the king james you know um and i can just hear him hey man i mean i don't understand all those these and thous <laughs> It's not groovy, man. I gotta, I gotta have me a different Bible. I mean, I can only imagine. But so, for a bishop must be blameless um, as the steward of God, not self-willed. Okay, so self-willed would be like, I'm gonna do acid. I'm gonna smoke pot. I'm gonna be a horrible example. We're also not to be a stumbling block before the brethren. Okay, so how how do you think that dropping acid and smoking pot and in Lonnie Frisbee's case, having openly gay males, and, and I mean, all these drugs lead to sexual perversion, typically. How is that not being a stumbling block to your fellow brother? No, it's basically saying, yeah, I'm a preacher. I'm a hippie preacher. I'm doing this. So you're good if you do it. It's all good. And it's, it's like the end of Romans 1, where... And let me just pull that one up. I mean, this is so sickening. I mean, this these verses just keep coming into my head. Um, 
regarding this whole matter. I mean, it's it's laughable. This is laughable. The subject. I mean, it's not it's a serious subject, but it's like it's so easy to kind of prove. So it says that even as they, they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, which would apply to these hippie preachers because they sure aren't following the word of God. God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, meaning convenient means after fitting or right. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness. Now, I understand that you could say, well, this is talking ex exclusively about lesbians and homosexuals. Yeah, but this would apply to people who don't like to retain God in their knowledge. See, the, the, whatever God they've created in their head is, a, is there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. They're very, very loosely following some tenets of scripture and totally ignoring other huge swaths of scripture so that they can condone their own lifestyle, okay? Being filled with unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, because deep down, they know the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So of course they're going to try to recruit. That's what the whole gay homosexual community is all about. They know it's wrong. They know it's wicked and they don't know it's evil, but it placates the demons in them. It feeds these demons when they can recruit other people. And it kind of soothes their own conscience because they're like, yeah, he's doing it too now. I'm doing it. He's doing it. It's all right because we're all doing it. We're all acting wicked. So it placates their conscience and they have pleasure in them that do the same wicked things. So it reminded me of, of this. So, um, okay, so we, we read the Titus one. Um, okay, for a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine. I mean, they were just telling you not to have too much wine, much less smoke too much pot or God forbid LSD and, and who knows what else. I mean, you had all the drugs they did back then. No striker, not given a filthy lucre, meaning you're not doing this for the money. Now, that would disqualify so many pastors right now. I don't know. Um, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober. Oh, sober? Kind of hard to be sober when you're high in your mind all the time. I don't understand why, why David Wilkerson didn't bring these verses up. Um, LSD is not sober. Just, holy, temperate. Again, they're all walking around long hair too. I mean, what kind of example is that? And the Bible's clear on what that is. Holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught that he may be able to, by sound doctrine, both to exhort and convince the gainsayers. Um, okay, so there's that's that's regarding elders. Okay, this is another one. Um, if, a, if It's a true saying, if a man desire the office of a bishop, which is like a pastor, he desire the good work. The bishop must be blameless, the husband of one wife. How many of these hippie preachers were the husband of one wife? Okay. I mean, they were operating in that ministerial capacity, you know, vigilant, sober. Oh, they're sober again. Of good behavior. Don't, no, that's not happening. Horrible behavior. Given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine. Oh, but 
okay, maybe they, let's say they didn't drink any wine, but it was okay to do LSD and get stoned out of your mind constantly and do all the other drugs. Um, obviously not. No striker, not get greedy of filthy lucre, which is money, but patient, not a brawler, but not covetous. One that ruleth his own house well, having his children in subjection with all gravity. Do you know how many preachers that would totally oust from ministry? Man. I'm not going to mention any, but man, I've known personally so many that where they would have no church at all, just on this one verse alone. But who cares about what the Bible says anymore? You know, for if a man knoweth not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? That one verse right there, you would discount thousands and thousands of pastors because they don't rule their own house well. Um, Man, I've seen so many examples of that. It's crazy with all the churches I've been in. Not a novice. Well, these hippie preachers are, if they're not saved, they're not even a novice. They're pathetic, unfortunately. Lest being filled up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without. Oh, like, I'm going to dress like a hippie. I'm going to act like a hippie. I'm going to act stoned all the time. I'm going to drop LSD. I'm going to smoke pot. I'm going to have Lonnie Frisbee's thing. I'm going to have gay sex with other guys. Now, see, that, guys, that's having a good report from those that are without. That's super having a good report. So, again, moreover, he must have a good report of, which, of them which are without, meaning other people that see you. That's what that means, other people. They may not be saved. They may be saved. Good report. Okay. Lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Well, they're, these hippie preachers are snow, so in the snare of the devil, it boggles the mind. Okay. And then it goes on to say, likewise, the deacons must be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre, holding the mystery of faith and a pure conscience. I mean... Let these also first be proved. Have they been proved? Ha have they have they actually had like other men of God prove them, and and basically uh, appoint them to this position, like they did in the old times, like men of God that were actually men of God that actually went and vetted these people. That's what proving means, vetting them and then install them. No, no, man, I'm just a, I'm just a hippie preacher out of nowhere. God appointed me, man. Past the acid, past the joint, past the black beauties, man. The uppers, the downers, and whatever else they're doing. Hey, let's go to the gay bathhouse and have some sex. God still loves me. He doesn't care. <sighs> oh, I mean, this is red, red, red flag territory stuff. Anyway, I, I hopefully that gives you a pretty good idea of what I'm. I'm trying to convey here. Um, all right, let's go further here. Uh, so I'm I'm saying all this for, for, so for when you hear this weird interview, I wish these are verses David Wilkerson would have brought up in the moment because he kind of he has like four of these hippie preachers ganging up on him, and I think he gets a little bit tongue tied in there. So I'm saying all these verses ahead of time. So that you're kind of able to appreciate this a little bit more. Because these hippie preachers, all they want to do is strain in a gnat and swallow a camel. Which is a Bible, biblical principle. You're going to look at the speck in your brother's eye while you've got a beam in your own. And they keep trying to get him to admit, well, have you ever sinned? 
And as soon as he says, I'm I'm a sinner, which is, and they're like, they all nod their head and like walk away. And uh, see, I'm vindicated. I can do all this stuff. I have a license to sin because you sin too, man. Well, you know what? When you stand before God, what another guy did is not going to be what God's discussing. It's going to be your own life. And I don't think these guys are going to the, the unless they got saved later, I don't think they're going uh, to the great white throne judgment, which is where Christians go. They're going to the, the um, I'm sorry, they're not going to the judgment seat of Christ, which is where Christians go. They're going to the great white throne judgment to then be cast into the lake of fire because yes, he who is spiritual judgeth all things. And I'm sorry, this is laughable joke that these guys are claiming to be born again Christians or whatever they're claiming to be. Um, hey, if I was acting that way, I would say it was a laughable joke that I claim to be a Christian. So I'm not holding them to a higher accountability than I would hold myself. Um, okay, so so he was Wilkerson was disgusted to to learn they were smoking weed and seemingly nonchalantly using LSD. Hey, no red flags there. Yet preaching about Jesus Christ, Wilkerson was able to dry up the living rooms, which was the Haight-Ashbury, which is where this Jesus people thing started. He was able to dry up the living rooms funding by drawing attention to the drug-friendly lifestyle of these early Jesus people. Ted Wise and Steve Hefner, locally famous as the hippie-friendly radio disc jockey moniker Steve O'Shea, um, the early Jesus people were Ted Wise and Steve Hefner was also known as Steve O'Shea. Anyway, so I guess that's two of the guys they're interviewing here. The movement would spread and become known for founding oh, contemporary worship music, meaning CCM, meaning Christian rock. That's where this was spawned from. And if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? This did not have a good foundation. Christian rock had a real, real bad foundation. I've done whole teachings on it. You can key in. In the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. Um, denominations like Calvary Chapel and the Vineyard Churches, and and again, this is what John Todd said he was giving money to do this exact thing. He was heavily involved in both the secular and the Christian rock industry. Heavily involved in that. And what he said they would do is, and I'm not sure they were doing this with the CCM recordings. But they were doing it with the 100% for sure. They were doing it with the with the uh, secular recordings. Like let's say Led Zeppelin's going to make an album. They would take the master. Wherever the recording was. They would take the master. Now the master was going to be the record that spawned all the other copies that went out into the music world. That you would buy at record stores. Now they still do this. Except now the master may be totally audio. I'm not exactly sure how they do this now, but guaranteed they're doing it now still. And they take the master. In fact, as I listen to this John Todd tapes, I'll probably play this part at some future time. And a group of 13 witches, regarding my re recollection of what John Todd said, a group of 13 witches will go into the room where the master is at. And they are sky clad, meaning they are totally naked. Okay, 13 witches. And they will perform a special blessing where they will put spirits into that master recording and those spirits will then transfer to every other copy that is made. This is how all rock music and most likely rap and 
probably country and every other music genre that's not of God is made, especially if it's made in Hollywood. Now, I'm not saying they're all done that way. I'm not saying every music producer's wicked and bad and all gospel is bad. I'm not saying that. Just this is how John Todd described at least how the secular music was being made. And this was back in the, I think, 60s, probably starting there. So he had a lot to do, though, also with the CCM starting. Okay, so then this ends by saying a detailed account of the encounter in this video is found in Larry Eskridge, Eskridge's God's Forever Family. I guess that's his book or something. Oxford Press, page 44. So I'm going to go ahead and play uh, about six minutes, a little over six minutes of this video. It's... It's not the greatest video, but I think hopefully I prefaced a lot of things so you can kind of have those Bible verses in your head. So here we see a picture of a video, a black and white video of a, a very young David Wilkerson and um, these four hippies. Long, well, yeah, I mean, they don't have super long hair. They're very unkept looking and their demeanors are of a total stoner-like vibe that they're giving off here. Um, anyway, so I guess he went to I'm assuming San Francisco to interview them here. You know, my idea of preaching Christ is to go out in the world and tell young people they can be cured of their habits they can be set free, but from what I've hear, heard here, you fellows seem to be telling these young people that they can have Christ and still have their LSD, have their plot, and uh, David, you know, just get rid you of your hang-up. You haven't been right. listening. You haven't been listening. You haven't been listening. Yeah, what, what Christ I heard you say uh, plot is groovy. No, I, I heard plot is groovy, man. Come on, man. Why are you raining on my parade? I mean, this is how they're acting. They're laughing. and They're, they're high right now. I mean, you can tell they're pretty much, you know, they, they probably just got done smoking a joint or something. And, I mean, it's just a big joke to them. You say plot is good. What Christ told us to go out and preach was the hope of eternal life and Boy, the hope yeah, of salvation. Cool. He didn't, I mean, look, look they, they can barely talk. They're, they're so stoned. At least some of them. And it's like, okay, yeah, he did say that. But what about all the other things about personal purity and behavior and... These times we don't care about that, man. I mean, that's that's old. That's passe, you know. It's it's like their version of whatever they perceive the gospel is. As in, in the Word of God, the bodily attainments will avail you little, but godliness is good in this life and hereafter. God, don't don't you preach Christ? Godliness. They're they're acting so ungodly though. Don't you preach Christ can heal and change your life and, and sure heal can. your problems? Sure can. Sure. Sure can. But, but are you preaching as a that to young people? As a you? Yes, he's cured me. I, I haven't had to take LSD to find God. Well, I wonder, I, I'm, I'm wondering, Dave, which is more important? Or are there any degrees in sin? No, but see, you gentlemen, honestly, if now, you, now said, the Lord you said we to, have to be honest. The Lord tells us yeah, to sell all right. of our possessions and Wouldn't follow call him. That? Yeah, but no, doesn't, no, he, doesn't the Lord ask us to do that? Honestly, though, what, what, what about... What was that word in your mouth, man? Honestly? 
Yes, honestly. Hey, I want you listen, to tell me honestly. You know, you know what this guy told us? He told us that this wasn't rigged, that he was going to give us a straight interview of some kind. This is not rigged. I'm trying to be honest with you right now. He's deliberately loaded his questions to stimulate a reaction from us instead of ask us what we think. Uh, what we think is that everybody... Everybody should accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and right. be Amen. saved. Right. And then quit their habits, quit their LSD. We're not going but to you fellas, Lord say that. You no, fellas. man, it stops there, man. We were saved, and that's it, obviously. We can still drop acid and go to the bathhouses and smoke the pod and take the uppers and the downers and the black beauties and only God knows what other unbiblical behavior. We don't care about all those qualifications regarding bishops and elders and deacons and preachers and pastors and church behavior in and out of the church we don't care about the whole lane stumbling block before our brother man they'll get over it man you're not groovy at all that's basically what they're saying i mean i'm just interpreting it for you Oh, man, you went out and took LSD and read the book of revelation now i'm getting a little angry <laughs> he took lsd and read the book of revelation there you go. I mean, why not just do ayahuasca tea? Ayahuasca. Or whatever other drug you want to do. I mean, this is absolute total insanity. Because I can I go out in the street preaching that Christ delivers and you guys are out here preaching. Remember, this is what this movie, this revelate this revolution movie from Greg Laurie this is what this is the what this is centered around these hippie preachers that you're hearing right now but they're going to glorify the whole thing in the movie and act like it's just wonderful and awesome and look at this and oh we're going to have a resurgence of this now we've got asbury and we've got revival breaking out i'm telling you they're going to try to connect all this together and then all the religions coming together. Oh yeah, that's what's happening. That you can smoke pot, you can take LSD, and I think that's a permissive can you, statement that's right, going to damn right. the lives of uh, thousands of our teenagers. I hope, I hope all of you have noticed that I talk about God, and this gentleman talks about drugs. You're talking about using them. I'm talking about no, being cured from them. We're talking about. We're trying to talk religion, and you're. We have. We you have, gentlemen preach Christ until smoke pot. Now, wait a minute, Dave. We've, we've you preach that. Christ and still sin. You preach Christ and still judge, and you preach Christ. Yeah, if I, and I've said that before, First John chapter 1, if we say we have no sin, we are liars, and the truth is not in us. It doesn't give us a license to sin, okay? It doesn't give us, which I guess they think it does. They think that, that having no control of the flesh or even trying to have control of the flesh through the Holy Spirit, which does not live within them, obviously, because they're not born again, okay? They think that, you know, there's no point in trying to control our flesh and our carnality, evidently, because that's not what Christianity is all about. It's not setting a good example. It's, you know, it's just so contradictory to the Word of God, what these guys are doing. Or um, whatever their weird version of the Bible is. You judge not, lest you be judged. I'm not man. judging you. I, I'm. You spiritual judgeth all things. You know they're the ones that are being the hypocrites. They're the ones that are looking at the speck in David Wilkerson's eye while they've got a beam in their own. 
if we would judge ourselves, we would, we would not be, these guys aren't judging themselves. They're totally not judging themselves. That's their problem. But yet he, he, he quotes the very verse he is the most guilty of. They're literally, their lives are immersed in sin and, and only God knows what they're doing behind closed doors. Kate Ashbury in San Francisco during the 60s, the late, I can't even imagine what was going on down there. And yet they got to try to bring out and conjure the speck in David Wilkerson's eye. And, 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 and as that will be their validation of their lifestyle. And they can walk away from him shaking their head and seeing, see, I told you, man, you know better. You think you're better, but you're not. You're judging, man. It's it's just unbelievable. This is total demons at play here. Read that you can preach Christ and still smoke pot and tell these kids and hate Ashbury. Oh, you, 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 you said it was group. Do you sin yes or no? I can say I'm angry. You, you copped out yesterday, man. Do you sin yes or you're no? You're the one that's copping out. You're yes just or no. you're smoking yes yes or no. no. I want you to ask yes I want yes you, don't no. cop out on me I want you yes to answer this no, question man. are you preaching Christ you and still telling these I'm kids preaching that they Christ, Christ crucified my Lord and Savior what do you preach I preach that when he was crucified his blood cleanses from all unrighteousness how and all the power that? of sin how about that well don't you yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, why he can, can free you, us from all why do you still tell but they have no desire to be freed from their LSD and their pot and all the other ungodly things they're doing they have no desire they don't think they need to be and this is why these guys are so dangerous and so deluded. And it's it's like, um, oh, it's like that one verse of the Bible. Hold on. It, it reminds me of Matthew 23, 15. It's what this verse just came into my head. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. Woe unto you, hippie preachers, hypocrites. For ye compass sea and land to make one proselyte, meaning one convert. Okay. These guys were going around trying to make converts. Okay. What was it, the gospel of marijuana? The gospel of LSD? Well, hey, I mean, I dropped acid and, and read the book of Revelation. Why would you even admit that, even if you did it? Do you think that's a badge of honor? You're glorying in your shame, as the Bible says, and and you, you see no problem with it. Oh, my word. Ye compass sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made, ye make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Woe unto you, ye blind guides, which say whoever, well, then it goes on to give specific things about what they were doing regarding the temple. But they're blind guides. And if the blind lead at the blind, they're both going to fall into a ditch. And if you, were, if you were following these hippie preachers, this Jesus movement, from these devils that were at the head of it, you're going to end up in a ditch, a spiritual ditch. Let's go back to this. These but kids you, that they can be hung up on their... We don't. You know, just get you don't. We don't. You do. No, no, no. Complete you say we say this. that. We don't say I that. Didn't, I didn't say that. I we didn't, didn't say that. that. I didn't say that. He well, said it. Well, your ministry here proves it. it. Our ministry here proves that we are ministers. I think that's all. You know, I could tell you that I'm still angry. Ministers I'm still of Satan. angry because you have nice clothes. I know, but it's still, see, it's just and that's too much from what I've overheard here that, that uh, like, like Steve mentioned, and, and still trying to be objective about it. How 
how you can still smoke pot or take LSD and still preach how the sanctified how, how can you own a Cadillac yeah. and a lot of nice and a lot of nice clothes? I want to answer that honestly. You want to judge? I want to know. I want to know honestly. I want to throw stones. And I'm angry in my heart how you guys can. Through the grace of God, he seems to like sinners. But how, I don't can, know how could why God tell us, you that man. you could? How could God tell you that you could smoke a what stick of pot? God, man. Well, you're not God. I'm not God. I don't. Know I don't God. believe God tells anybody to smoke a stick of pot. I don't believe He tells anybody to do that. Well, you told me. You to God I, told you to smoke a stick okay. of pot. I prayed. I prayed about it, and I didn't. He didn't tell me to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Holy Spirit doesn't live inside you to convict you of anything, dude. So. Yeah, I prayed about it, man. I didn't hear anything, so I, I just kind of thought it's fine to do it. LSD and whatever other thing I'm doing. I mean, come on. That's why you go to the Word of God, which lays down biblical purity, behavior patterns you should try to adhere to. You just don't, you know, again, this is all heart-centered, you know, and the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? He who trusteth in his own heart is a fool, is what the Bible says. God tell you it's okay to wear those fine clothes? Does God tell you it's okay? I'm asking you how you can I'm preach asking Christ. You. I'm asking you. How can you preach Christ to wear those clothes? In the word of God, not to seek dissension. It says to avoid dissension. Dissension, but it also he says expose, expose those who are not preaching Christ. Right. Hey, let's, 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 yeah, it does. It says to mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned. This is so contrary to the doctrine of the Bible. And avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own bellies, meaning their own carnal desires. And by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Oh, I bet you these charismatic uh, Jesus freak uh, hippie preachers can probably really give some nice uh, ear-tickling words to their fellow hippie brethren or whoever is in earshot of them. And I'm sure it's a real feel-good gospel, okay? But we're to avoid these people and to mark them. That's Romans verse 16, 17. No, I'm sorry, Romans 16 verse 17 and 18 that I just quoted. So, I mean, I wish these are verses he would have brought up in the moment, you know, because he would have had a, he could have had so many Biblical. The problem is, is he was being ganged up on by four of these guys on their own home turf. So they're acting like they're stopping the interview and. Uh, we were tricked to do. I'm not tricking anybody. It's getting too many. How these guys give that preach Christ? See that? That's the dust off my shoes. Oh, so he's shaking his dust off his shoes to David Wilkerson because he hasn't received the, the freak LSD-loving, pot-smoking, you know, make-love-not-war, hippie-preaching Jesus movement. Um, it ain't the real Jesus, but that movement lifestyle. So he's going to shake the dust off his feet at poor David Wilkerson. I mean, the, the reality is, is he's got, he's got a whole group of people behind him that are probably also very favorable to the hippie movement. I mean, he's in a, a room, a room pretty much shot, surrounded by these hippie guys. Preach love and it dust your feet off on me. How can you not? Because hear? I love Jesus Christ. I preach Christ. Not, 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 not Jesus Christ, your 
Lord and Savior? Yes, He is. Not, every, not everyone is it. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, but not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of God. You gentlemen say, Lord, Lord, and you cannot enter the kingdom of God and still smoke pot and take LSD. You can't do it. No sin shall enter heaven. And guaranteed, that's just the, if you know about that, that's the tip of the iceberg of what they're doing. I mean, look at Lonnie Frisbee, you know, <laughs> the whole gay lifestyle. So... Do you sin, yes or no? We're man. made righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes or no? Yes or no? I'm quoting the yes scripture. Or no. Listen to the word. Yes or no? You know who said that we may be made righteous. Yes or no? And they keep laying hands on him, which he shouldn't be letting happen. The Bible says, lay, lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partaker of their sins. And they're trying to impart demons into him, probably, is what's going on here. Because he's not... I, He's not, I know David Wilkerson's like really, really sharp dude. And, and he's not doing the greatest job here. He's in the devil's home turf. He probably should have prayed a whole lot more before he took this interview. He probably should have just agreed to do a one-on-one -on -one with one of these guys rather than having a whole room. He probably shouldn't have picked their the devil's playground in San Francisco to do the interview. And he definitely shouldn't have let them lay hands on him. I'm not rebuking him. I'm just saying there's a lot of things where he's at a disadvantage here. It's just about over. Can you, there is no yes or no. We all sin Yes or no. So, so finally, he finally admits that he sins. Okay. And they finally nod their head and walk away. Like, see, that settles it. We were right. The hippie preachers were right all along. True, we've got a literal semi in our eye. We've got a semi-tractor trailer in our eyes. And we're judging the speck in David Wilkerson's. But see, we're still justified before God because all sin is equal and we can do as much of it as we want. And we don't have to repent. We can live whatever carnal way that we want to live. And... That settles it. And I can, and that it, literally they were looking for that nod so they could justify their lifestyle and go on and not change one iota. No, no changes on them. And they could look at him and say, hey, man, he's a hypocrite, man. See, he sins too. Oh, man. I mean, this is so warped. This whole thing. It goes on another few minutes. I'm not going to play anymore. Anyway. Um, Next, next video. Asbury revival is not of God. Okay, so let's see what this one has to say. Not, not a super long one here. So I wanted to make this video after I did a little research. I wanted to do a little more analyzing of not just the event, but the church in which it's being held at. I've watched four different testimonies of current and graduate students of the university who attended the quote-unquote revival, okay? And their testimonies brought to light exactly what I figured was going on. Listen, this whole event is nothing more than strange fire. Okay? One thing I'm good at is exactly. listening very closely to what people say when they're recounting an experience. And, and in one of the students' testimony, he recounts going into a fit of laughter with his friend during the revival. Mm. He claims that he just couldn't control his laughter. Mm. And attributes it to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and again, if anything should be happening there that would point to it being a true revival of God, I mean, there's so many things that should be happening. One of them would be mourning, chastening of God, true repentance, weeping, crying, this type of thing. It's not happening from what I can see. 
at least not 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 by and large maybe in very small individual pockets another student who attended with his mother claims that his mom began speaking in tongues unknown tongues mm. which people, would be totally unbiblical for her to do in church in that setting you know number one it wasn't permitted for women to speak in tongues if you look in the bible i believe it's in corinthians where it lays down the parameters um that wouldn't be biblical and if that was the case there would have to be two to three to interpret the tongues it's not an acceptable behavior just to go in there and start babbling tongues in a church if i'm talking about if you look at what the bible says again i just did a teaching on it just came tongues and it's very clear so we know that's not of god so again i'm just all i'm doing is i'm pointing things out like with the hippie preachers and with things i'm seeing going on there that are just 100% total contradictions of what the scriptures say. You be the judge on where, what you think about all this. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Catching the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. And a lot of this took place outside of the church. I also found out that the university ordains women for ministry. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot wrong. So they're ordaining women. So this is a totally lukewarm apostate university. Why would God pick that place to actually have a real move of God when there's so much leaven? The, the, it's literal built, it's the whole thing's built on leaven, bad doctrine, okay? So again, why would God choose that place to have a real true revival? Now, aside from all that, I took the time out to watch the live stream that's still going on right now. And I was just waiting. I was waiting for a man of God to take the pulpit. Exactly. Open the Bible and to preach yep. the word of God. Right. And it never happened. No. Okay. No. It's a bunch of it's a bunch of children and teenagers up there acting like maniacs, dancing around, all happy, no mourning, no chastening, throwing money on the altar. I'll play one of those videos. You're not gonna be able to see it, but they're throwing money on the altar. Oh, oh, tons of these teenagers dressed inappropriately. They're there in shorts. Um, guys with long hair gay guys leading the worship i mean come on how much do you have to how many unbiblical things have to go on for you to say there's major 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 problems here i'm not rebuking my listeners i'm just saying to those out there that would think oh no this is of god i don't care i had an experience again the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it so it's not what you want to be trusting you want to compare everything with the word of god and see if it lines up test the spirits Okay, so continuing on with this uh, audio. You ever heard this saying before? The goats feast while the sheep starve. Okay, the 28th chapter of the book of Ezekiel reveals that Satan may have been involved with music while he was in heaven. And one of the ways Satan gets people to believe that they are experiencing something of God is through music that permeates emotion. Okay, I know, I know this personally speaking, because when I was first converted, I joined a Pentecostal church here in Milwaukee, a very popular church. Uh, with my girlfriend at the time. And I remember they would place the same melody or the same song over and over again on repeat. Yep. And people would get up and dance. Some people would literally run around the aisles. People would be catching the Holy Ghost and it just a bunch of nonsense. And I remember specifically how it made me feel as an immature Christian. I remember feeling really emotional, almost on the verge of tears because it felt like God was moving. Yeah, but in there done it. Wasn't. I was just caught up in the experience. And in my immaturity, I attributed it to a move of God. Okay, that's what I truly believed at that point in my life that it was that this was God moving. Okay? I was a part of something big. 
But you know what began happening week after week? Each week it got harder and harder to partake in the experience at that church. And why was that? Because each week I was going home and I was devouring the word of God. Mm. I was scouring yep. YouTube for biblical. Just like when I said, when I learned about the KJV <clears throat> and really started getting into it, all of a sudden my eyes started getting opened <clears throat> and God started pulling me out um, of that. And then I got that 20 hour uh, <clears throat> v VHS cassette tape on the Toronto Revival Unmasked. You can probably look that up now on YouTube still. <clears throat> and um, Toronto Revival Unmasked. I'm just going to check to see if it's still up there. And I, I played that. Uh, I played that for um, <clears throat> the group of, I believe it was 10 Christians that I had shown the KJV tape to came out of that church together. I also had played for them this 20 hours of footage re uh, regarding the Toronto Revival um, unmasked. And um, they had seen it. Yeah, I found it here. And um, they came out of the church with me. Yeah. Now, it's not 20 hours anymore. <clears throat> I, I found one five-hour video online i'm not sure if those are my if that's my vhs whatever it's not great quality because it's a it's a it was a copy of a copy this is from like the 90s and it's on a vhs tape but a listener of mine put that up and it convinced everybody those 10 people that were in the charismatic church i was in that it was time to go <clears throat> and i went to the pastor and i showed him the thing about the king james the Toronto Revival. And I've said this story before. And he looked at me as I was partying and shook my hand and said, don't let the devil throw you a curveball. <clears throat> and I said, I won't. I don't think it was more than two or it wasn't that long. It was probably a matter of some years that he got caught in a big sex scandal there. <clears throat> Had to leave. And I don't exactly know what became of him. But... um yeah, there was a lot of crazy stuff going on at that church. A lot. But as convincing as the information was that I showed that group, within one to two years, all of them were back in Charismania because it's so appealing to the flesh. And they all went back, as far as I know. Um, one of my better friends, Mark, I mean, he went back and then I found out that, you know, he was doing coke, cocaine, uh, was watching gay porn. Uh, I found this out by accident. I really didn't even want the information, but I just, it was kind of put in my lap. And <clears throat> I don't exactly know what became of him, but he was, he reminded me very much of these Jesus people type of hippie from the set. That kind of that same vibe, you know, I got, but yeah it's it's a very strong a strong strong carnal pull when you get into these really emotional revival type sense and see that's how the charismatic church is a lot of times 24 7 you go and you don't know exactly what's going to happen from service to service i mean it's it's exciting you know what's god going to do today and it's the type of thing but you got to be comparing it with scripture or you should be <clears throat> so let's go back sermons and was seeking out biblical teachers and i was maturing very fast 
And then after about four months, I remember looking at my girlfriend during one of the services, and I just said, I said, we got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. I can't, I can't take it anymore. We need to leave. I was starving, okay? Enough with the circus. Well, somebody get up there and preach the word of God. The goats were feasting, but I was starving, okay? I take, I take this is why I was, had such a pull toward the independent, fundamental, King James only, unregistered, non-501c3, because there was, it was very, very heavily oriented toward preaching in the word of God. Now, there was a lot of things they really weren't adhering to or didn't want to hear, I should say, didn't want to hear about in the word of God. There was a lot of pride there. They had their own set of problems. Um, I spoke at their conferences and I just saw, I saw what they did to me because I was, I was rather um, radical and I came against the pharma medical cartels and so many of them were all hooked on multiple meds, the preachers. And I was, that's a whole other story. I was driven out of that Okeechobee conference. <clears throat> you know, I, I'm happy it all happened. I, I am. I'm, I'm, I didn't need to be there. It, it's what led to, it's a primary factor that led to this ministry starting. One of them. Uh, <clears throat> so it was all, it was all good. It was all just learning and stuff. Um, obviously there was ways I was really blessed in the Pentecostal charismatic movement. There was ways I was really blessed in the Baptist movement as well. And I just tried to glean what I could and then learn from the mistakes I was seeing. I could verify biblically the ways that maybe they were, uh, Satan was getting advantage of them, you know, for they were ignorant of his devices, like the pharma, medical pharma, their, their indoctrination into that. And there's a lot of other stuff that you couldn't ever preach on. And it was like, but come on. I mean, this is like, we can't, you're not going to preach against hexagrams. It's like the highest witchcraft symbol in witch. Oh no, that's, that's anti-Jewish. And there were some, I think some Jewish people there in, in the independent Baptist church I was in and couldn't, couldn't, I don't think you could mess with Christmas. I mean, you know, just come on, really? Every time I went to the pastor, I always tried to go very respectfully. I didn't go in there like with a baseball bat, and I didn't bring in that railing accusation against an elder, which is what you're not you're supposed to not do. I tried to go in with humility, and I never really got into a huge conflict with anybody because I think I did go in that way, and I think that was biblical. And um, you know. Eh. I could go on and on for hours, but let's let's focus in on on this Asbury revival. Back to like 2013, I remember on my first YouTube channel, I used to take old Paul Washer clips and I would cut them up, cut up the best parts, and I would upload them. And this was way back when nobody was watching the content on Heart Cry Missionary Channel. I mean, like each video had like 300 300 views. It was just dead, okay. But I was watching them. And I'll never forget this old sermon Paul preached somewhere in the UK. It was at a really old church. And true revival actually broke out during his sermon. I mean, you could hear people groaning and weeping. And people were coming in from outside and sitting on the floor. People had their hands lifted. Not for some songs or music, but for the preaching. And I remember even Paul recognized while he was preaching that something unusual was happening. And, and, and at the time, 
I didn't even know what revival was. I didn't even know what the word revival meant, but I knew something was different about this service. The people there were being moved, okay, not by the music, but by the gospel truth that was coming out of Paul's mouth. And I'm 100% certain that people were saved at that sermon, at that, uh, that, that service. And I'm sure that before Paul preached that sermon, they sang glorious songs. I'm sure that they sang songs, okay? Uh, I'm not against worship music. All I'm saying is that faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans right, 10, 17. Right. Listen, I was really hoping that this thing was real, okay? that this quote unquote revival was real. But from what I've seen and from what I've heard, I just don't have the confidence to say that it was of God. Okay, so it goes on for about another three and a half minutes, but that was the portion I wanted you to hear. Um, okay, so here's some listener feedback and warnings regarding the Asbury revival. So a longtime listener from Romania has been watching this, and um, <clears throat> Christina, and she said, just look what someone is saying in the comments. So she posted a, it was an Ashbury revival, I think like a live stream. And she posted a picture of what somebody was saying in the comments. She says, I colored the, the post, the part that I wanted you to hear. Isn't this a heresy? And what the post says, and it's regarding the Asbury revival, this live feed, the presence of God is not, basically bringing in fear but joy into our hearts okay so there's no fear of god at all there's no weeping there's no mourning other than maybe tiny pockets okay mostly what i'm seeing is dancing around novice children in the pulpit leading the choir dancing around um dressed inappropriately uh just just everything's out of order. No, no, like he said, no man up there actually preaching the word of God. If there was any of that, it was a minuscule amount from what I saw. Okay. So there's no fear there at all. Um, if without the fear of God or, or at least conviction, how is there really going to be repentance? If, if it's of God, what is he just going to do? And, um, in the time of the greatest apostasy the world's ever known that we're moving into, is God just going to give everybody a little pat on the head and make them feel all warm and fuzzy and act like they're right with God? All the gays there that are endorsing this? I mean, if the spirit of God was really moving there, why aren't the gays being spontaneously like saved and delivered of their demons? Why is there none of that? Why are they going in the same way they came out essentially? But now they're more reaffirmed in their gay lifestyle more than ever. How is that the spirit of God? Call me wacky, but I'm just like, I don't get it. There's like, she goes on to say, when is there a place for the fear of God then? If there's not fear of God then, because from the comment, the, the presence of God must bring joy must bring joy okay so she so evidently this person that posted this gina galera she is speaking on god's behalf the presence of god must bring joy not fear in our hearts that's what her quote says that's not biblical that is super not biblical okay let's just look at a part of of the bible i mean typically even when angels show up in the Bible, much of the time, it's such a fearful experience for the um, Christian 
or Old Testament. I mean, I, I Bible believer in the Old Testament. Uh, it's such a fearful thing. They fall down as if they were dead. Now that's that's an angel. Okay. Um, there's all types of verses regarding the presence of God bringing a high level of fear. Isaiah 6, 1. In the year that Uzziah died, I also saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each had six wings. With twain he covered his face. With twain he covered his feet. With twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the posts of the, and the, posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King and the Lord of hosts. So he was, I guarantee you, he was scared. Okay? You know, Isaiah was scared. And then it goes on to, you know, talk about this. So, you know. That statement is there. It's it's the exact. Typically, it's the exact opposite of what that statement in the comment section read. So my listener says, but when there when is there a place for fear of God? Then at the judgment day, certainly by then it will be too late for some. Then she says lies. They are advertising it, meaning Asbury, and saying that there is not enough room for all that want to attend, and that only teens under 25 are allowed, but it's not true. You can see a lot of empty seats. It's true, I, I did see some live feeds and there was tons of empty seats. Um, while listening, I got tired on how much they kept repeating the same words and phrases like a mantra. Oh, like what that pastor just said? That's one of the mind control techniques they use, particularly in the charismatic churches where they play the same verse of a song, like a CCM song over and over and over again. It's a mind control technique. <clears throat> um, another aspect, the way they sing and worship is like that in the NAR movement, the New Apostolic Reformation. And if you want to know more about that, just key in N-A-R in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. And they play CCM, Christian Contemporary Music, which we just looked at the origins of that. When there were true revivals, there was more weeping and praying than singing and worshiping. I found out about this event from our pastor's blog on the internet. And of course, it was described as something good. Now, this is in Romania. But I ignored it and I said that it will pass like other so-called revivals who didn't last long. Then a day or two later, I saw this event being advertised on a Facebook account of an older sis sister from our church. <clears throat> Again, they talked about it in a good way. And a young pastor who lives in the capital of our country said, as I've told you before, they want to reproduce it in a large stadium in the capital of our country, Romania. So like this is already, they're looking at this and they're saying, I want to emulate this. We want this to spread like wildfire. Well, I hope I've already proven my case about this thing. Not something I want to be a part of. Again, I ignored it, but yesterday my mother listened to a YouTube sermon that, it, uh, that a pastor in a church, from a pastor in a church, where he talked about good things about this revival. He said that regardless of the fact that the young people are attending it, don't dress godly or dancing or manifesting weird things. Again, gigantic red flags. Um, just ignore all that leaven, in other words, says the preacher. Or that they're 
they are from all kinds of denominations, Catholics included, I'm sure. It is still a work of God because we cannot put God in a box and he chooses when to do revival and who with one and where and how he wants it. I want to mention that in this period of this year, my country, in almost all the Pentecostal churches are held evangelical programs in which they try to make new converts. I think you're familiar with this practice. So this preacher was invited to this church for this purpose, and during his preaching, he said what I just told you. So do you understand why I think it's important to debunk this event? Because it can lead many people astray believing that there that this is a true revival. Now that last line I just read is the reason I'm doing the study right now. Because I don't want you destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because I don't want you to be ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of you. Because I love you enough to tell you the truth. She also said, yes, this is another email. Yes, after I sent you my email, I started searching more and more and found out that they live streamed the revival. When I looked, I saw a lot of red flags. And because I'm a little old fashioned and I read long time ago about true revivals, I didn't see. Well, the Bible says, consider ye the old past wherein is wisdom. Being old-fashioned is typically very good, and usually when it comes to a Christian uh, purity standard or Christian standards, typically is that. I mean, typically it's way better than it is today. <laughs> I mean, you know, anything goes today. Um, I read a long time ago about true revivals. I didn't see their meaning. She didn't see in the live stream what she read about true revivals. First, there were some young people dressed ungodly. I didn't see tears. I saw dancing. Also, a boy who, who, who was supposedly playing the drums, um, which is, I think, a red flag as well, had his head covered with a cap. Well, the Bible talks about, well, 1 Corinthians 11, 4, every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. Men are not to wear, I mean, I think it's just a blanket rule, we're not to wear caps, hats into a church. Okay, it's like disrespectful. It's like you don't wear it when you're praying. And it's just um, something you don't do. When I returned to God in my country during the communist persecution, the condition of the church was better due to this, meaning due to the persecution. Crying was happening in every church program. What This is what amused and intrigued anyone who came in for the first time in church. But that was the atmosphere where God was working in. Yeah, because that is an atmosphere of weeping, mourning, and typically repentance. That's the atmosphere God typically moves, especially in an apostate Laodicean church age that we're in. So, um, so here she sends me a video and she says more ungodly things, teenagers in shorts, gathering money like televangelists do. And then the only time and that's the only time you see crying is when they're throwing up money on stage. I'm just going to open this really quick. This is like a, a short clip here. So they're all clapping. I don't know, some dude, some little novice teenager guy just gave his whatever testimony about something. And there's all these kids behind the pulpit wearing shorts. Uh, they're, now they're starting to throw money and it reminds me of a lot of the TD fakes and Creflo give me a dollar and Benny Hinn and these 
preachers that say you come up here and give your gift to god and, and, and they go up there and they throw all this money at the preachers it's it's like that they're throwing money up on stage i've seen this so many oh and this guy just throws up a whole wad of money and now they just they're just clapping more and more what are you clapping more and more for the money I mean, it's just, they're putting this up to promote it, and I see so many red flags here. Anyway, this is this is an absolute, total mess. I, I have seen more and more than enough to, to not have anything to do with this stuff. Okay, so, um, oh, I already talked about that, yeah. I mean, the fact that CBN and also all the other main, so many other mainstream 501c3 ministries, the Catholics are promoting this, so many rank apostate heretics are promoting this, is, is, I mean, that by itself is a huge red flag, you know, regarding this. I've already went over the verses on mourning and chastening. Um, I'm going to play this. Asbury Revival planned weeks in advance and the unbiblical behavior going on there. And just another short video here. Well, maybe just fill in a little bit more. I really want to really cover this so that there's no doubt of this. And this is another quick one. Hey, everybody. Sean here, and I hope you're doing well. It's hard not to see info about the Asbury Revival everywhere online these days. There's even a Facebook page now dedicated to this event. I don't know if I'd call this a revival, though. God is definitely moving, and it's great to see so many people choosing to worship God rather than do other things. Yeah, and they're, again, they're just they're they're dancing around, and I mean, it's very incredibly irreverent. Um, no fear of God at all. No mourning. No weeping. It looks like a rave party to nightclub. Moving, and it's great to see. So I mean, many it looks like it looks like a lot of charismatic churches I was I was at. Except this is almost more more than any other charismatic church I've ever seen. People choosing to worship God rather than do other things. But in today's video, I want to touch on a few points and share a testimony from someone that reached out to me that got saved at the Brownsville Revival, saw those horrendous baptisms, and was eventually led out of that crowd by God. I, I've been there, been Brownsville, <laughs> you know. And it was miraculous how I got there and everything else, um, I think God blessed me despite the fact that it was, but he, it was part of my experience. It's, and he did lead me out of that. Um, so I can totally relate. <laughs> totally. First, let's look at this headline stating that the Ashbury revival was planned. You may have seen other headlines about Rick Warren and Mike Bickle joining this event as well. And it is interesting because, as most of us know, Rick Warren embraces the Pope as a great man of God, and Francis Chan has embraced the ecumenical movement as well. Yeah, it shows him here praying with a whole bunch of Catholic priests. So in this recent article, we're going to find something... And now he's advertising the Collegiate Day of Prayer. This is the guy that's totally yoked up with Rome, just like Rick Warren, both promoting the Asbury Revival. I'm telling you, this is how we get... This is one of the main ways that the... Christian denominations end up getting to the one world religion under Antichrist and false prophet. It's death by a thousand cuts. It's inch by inch. It's a cinch. The whole nine yards, one brick at a time. 
and and this is how they're doing it and it's it's just very incremental vicious in the video below francis chan speaks about going to asbury on february 23rd and how all the various denominations set their differences aside and come together for a day of no. prayer and revival yeah. Yeah. and that's all well no matter no matter what denomination is catholics the whole nine yards and the bible says be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers you know so again totally unbiblical what they're saying but hey it's very very um the way that satan would want us to be to get us to a one world religion 100%. You're going to have to have everybody coming together. If we're talking about Baptists and Pentecostals, but Francis Chan considers Catholics our brothers and sisters in Christ. And while some may actually be, the Pope and Catholicism is an unbiblical cult that is leading many to hell. But the people in the New Apostolic Reformation don't seem too worried about that. And that's, that's NAR. Here's the interesting thing. The video Francis Chan made was posted over a week before the so-called Ashbury revival started, as we can see here. So, as so in other words, it was pre-planned. The video was posted over a week before the so-called revival at Asbury started. This video was posted on February 1st. Asbury revival started on the 8th. ...states, is this a coincidence or was this planned? Of course it was. I even suggested... It wasn't spontaneous, in other words, like they want you to believe, like, oh, revival broke out. This is something they planned. ...last video that perhaps the NAR leaders had organized this to promote false prophet Bob Jones as being a true prophet. Oh, wow. And here's a quote from Bob Jones. It says, Bob Jones told me, who is a rank, one of the rank heretics of them all, and I think the whole NAR dominionism movement, Bob Jones told me at least 10 times, quote, when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, you will know that revival is about to come. God is raising up apostolic chiefs. Yeah, this is how they operate. This is the kind of garbage that goes on in these charismatic, new apostolic reformation, dominionism, 501c3 corporate whore ministries. This devil had the audacity to say, and who was one of like the, the I think the um, main, main grand poobahs of, this whole movement. Okay, so I found like a somebody exposing him when he died. Why Bob Jones is a false prophet and must be rejected. Although Bob Jones died back in 2014, the effects of his this heretical teacher and false prophet are still being felt in the church this day. The articles below should inform you as to why Bob Jones is clearly a false prophet and why he should be ignored by the body of Christ. So if you want to find this report, just key in uh, why Bob Jones is a false prophet in like a search engine hopefully you're not using like google i mean try to use one of the other ones that are not his big brother nar prophet meaning new apostolic reformation prophet bob jones dies i could do i don't even know probably a five-part study on him at least um he was the one of the prominent founding prophets in the whole nar new apostolic reformation movement um, Jones' prophetic words given over four decades influenced many leaders in the NAR movement, including Mike Bickle, who we heard from about earlier, founder of the International House of Pancakes, I mean prayer, sorry, IHOP in Kansas City. And Bickle details Jones' influence in the history of IHOP. Um, and um, I wonder, is it like a spiritual experience when they go to IHOP? Like when IHOP people go to IHOP? 
because it's kind of a double entendre kind of weird thing going on there. I mean, did they get the moon over my hammy breakfast meal or did they get like the chocolate chip pancake? I, I don't know. I'm just kind of curious. Anyway, um, in the video, Bickle refers to Jones as a very important prophetic man, at least in my life in the early days of this movement. Bickle describes how Jones prophesied to him in 1983 that God was going to raise up the whole worldwide, a young adult prayer movement led by prophetic singers and musicians in Kansas City. Jones claimed to have 100 open visions giving him revelation about this movement. Ugh, reminds me of a chapter I read in Jeremiah the other day about the lying prophets and how that is the absolute total norm in certain situations where the priest and the prophet are profane and they are literally the vast vast majority are just total mouthpieces of the devil i mean it's happening it's in the bible it's not like this is the first time it's happened so um anyway this guy's a total devil and um so this was in a religious news blog documented in this article a few decades ago in Olathe Daily News. Um, Bob Jones, an associate of Olathe Worship Center of the Metro Vineyard Fellowship of Kansas City, confessed Saturday to sexual misconduct with two women who attend a vineyard. Oh, we just heard about vineyard, where that all started from. Uh, did you see how it's all connected? The vineyard movement, a vineyard church in Kansas City area, uh, said Ken Gullickson, North American coordinator for Associated Vineyard Churches. Jones, 63, uh, 63 and he's sexual misconduct, was removed from his church duties for an undetermined amount of time. Oh, wow. So, yeah, he had to, uh, he was removed from his ministry duties after confession of sexual misconduct. I mean, you know, this is the kind of stuff you expect. And again, you would think, based on the qualifications for a bishop, elder, deacon, pastor, okay, that I read earlier, that that would disqualify him from ministry, from, from any kind of pastoral ministry for life, right? I mean, talk about a bad witness before those that, as we said, as the Bible says, are without Talk about a horrible witness. No, no, let's 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 reinstitute him and let's let's make him the even elevate him higher. It's not what you do. It's not biblical. Okay, so no, but you know, anything goes in, in today's crazy uh world or whatever in the church. So so Bob Jones told me at least ten times when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, this is the same devil. When the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, you know that revival is about to come. God is raising up his apostolic Chiefs. Well, the Chiefs have won it. I mean, they just won it. They just beat the Eagles again. Or not again, but they, I'm, they've won. I'm pretty sure they've won at least a couple in the last, I don't know, four or five years. I don't follow pro football. But um, look at old, old, old... Um, lecherous bob jones the false prophet telling us about what god's gonna do he's gonna raise up apostolic chiefs when we see the chiefs winning the super bowl and look at what's happening chiefs just won the super bowl again that's good enough for me i don't know about you all 
And strangely enough, Francis Chan posted another video pretty much saying the same thing more than two months ago. So once again, as the article says, color me skeptical, but this seems too well planned to have been a spontaneous event as it's being promoted as. Now I for one am excited to see so many people coming together in Christ's name, but am concerned that the false teachers in the New Apostolic Reformation are going to have their influence on these people. But let's end off with a positive... Well, the, 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 nar, um, I mean... <laughs> I mean, there, there's so many bad influences. I, we don't even know all the horrible influences regarding this whole movement. We I mean, look at what they're they're condoning going on in this so-called revival. I mean, if there was any kind of real spiritual headship, they'd be putting a stop to that. No, no. Let her rip, tater chip. Anything goes, you know? Story. Because I believe that regardless of how wacky some of these so-called revivals have been with crazy baptisms and out-of-control antics like the Toronto Blessing, <laughs> God is... Again, we just talked about the Toronto Blessing unmasked. And again, key it, key it in. It's it's still up there on, the, on YouTube. Saving some people that have attended these events. Just like I believe people are getting saved in the Catholic Church. But God will not let his true children remain in a false movement. Right. Someone reached out to me on Facebook and shared their story with me. It reads, Beloved Brother Christie, I hope it's okay for me to reach out. I just wanted to thank you and encourage you in your YouTube ministry, for which I am thankful. I was saved in the Brownsville Revival and spent 23 years as a charismatic. But thanks to channels like yours, Justin Peters, and Chris Roseborough, the Lord opened up my eyes. Praise God. And they speak of doing some work and helping refute false teachings in the future. But I responded by saying, praise God for that, and asked if they saw any of those wacky baptisms we showed in the last video. They replied, one day, yes, sir. It was Steve Hill when I was there, so it was a lot of fire, fire. I think when I went there, it was Steve Hill, too. One time I went. More fire. <laughs> I've always loved apologetics, but man, once I got serious about sola scriptura, woof, a holy and sovereign Lord is not honored in that charismatic right. theology. Meaning once they got serious about reading the Bible and hopefully the King James, all of a sudden, you know, they get their eyes open and they say a holy and sovereign Lord is not honored in that charismatic theology. That's exactly what happened to me. But I thank God for taking me through it. And being what would be considered a charismatic myself, I will say God can be honored in a church that believes as I and my church believe. But this person is correct with their statement when a church becomes the hyper-charismatic nonsense that represents God's Holy Spirit as chaotic and out of control. Right. And the rest of the conversation is... Remember, private. everything should be done in decency and in order in the church of God. That's not being done at Asbury. That is not being done in charismatic churches, you know. Um, and I think that's why I was so attracted to the Baptists because they, everything was pretty much in decency and in order there. Now there was other red flags and problems, but it wasn't like a madhouse. But I think this is an example that regardless of the bad influences involved with some of these gatherings, God's will will be done. Yeah, and, and I agree. I agree. It's just that there's so much leaven. Now, this just, this they posted this two days ago. 
This is from CBN, Christian Broadcasting Network, who I've exposed so many times, who were really trying to get all their nice adherents to take that COVID kill shot and promoting it, bringing all their, quote, doctors on to tell you that you should get your kill shot. Haven't repented from any of it at all. Still never apologize for that. Totally going to bring us into the one world religion under Antichrist. And they're saying, new one, wave of revivals continue nationwide. The wave of revivals show no signs of stopping as new reports come from colleges and universities across the nation. Um, so, yeah, let's just listen a little bit of this. Thank you so much for joining us for CBN Newswatch. I'm Efrem Graham. Ahead today, we're taking a look at the wave of revival now expanding to other colleges and universities. Plus, it's been more than 50 years in the making. Now, one of the greatest spiritual awakenings in American history is hitting the silver screen. Which was totally controlled by the Illuminati. And even John Todd got into that. And literally, the, the whole Jesus movement and, and the whole, you know, hippie. G I mean, you saw the fruit from, from the video, from some of the original founders of it there in Haiti, Haight Ashbury, David Wilkerson interviewing them. Saw saw the fruit there. I've 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 outlined the fruit, but you know, they're gonna obviously CBN is gonna glorify wickedness. And the Bible says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. And this is what we're doing here, essentially. We're glorifying something that they should not be glorifying. We're glorifying something that was totally out of order, totally unbiblical, this whole Jesus movement. Now Am I going to say nobody got, no, I'm not going to say nobody got saved, but eventually it would be just like what he said about the charismatic movement. You might've got saved, but if you really got saved, hopefully God would have brought you out of that mess eventually, unless you just wanted to stay maybe a baby Christian your whole life and you didn't want to go any further. I don't know. That's between them and God, but you're not going to be productive being under total deception of redemption and and we're sort of um i think representing a generation of young people that we're searching we take you behind the scenes of the film jesus revolution Ugh. then later the mixed martial artist champion is outspoken about his christian faith okay so i'm i don't this is a 22 minute video i wasn't even planning on play, but yeah if, if you want to if you want to find this video cbn news watch wave of revivals continue nationwide i'm probably going to leave it up here and play the rest later i just i'm going to run out of time i'm pretty sure if i if i do that um all right let's go further here uh i already already gave these verses on uh biblical personal and church behavior and purity we, we got over into those earlier um another listener emails me and she says um the whole event isn't setting well with me meaning asbury and this confirms some of my suspicions i saw something where the LGBTQ, um, et cetera, are endorsing the revival. So that gives me great pause. Yeah, I mean, come on. Oh boy, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to have time on this. Okay. Asbury Revival Worship is being led by LGBTQ, openly gay students helping at the revival. Okay, so we're, I'm gonna play this video here. Uh, it's entitled Queers Lead Worship, says Asbury Seminary Student. They're identifying as queer, okay? Um, he identifies this Elijah guy who was clearly identified in the video who actually goes to Asbury is a free Methodist CMC, a holy leftist, a holy leftist, meaning he's on the left. You can't, that's like saying, that's like talking about saying the virtues of Christian pornography. Okay. You can't be on the left and be holy. Now I'm, I understand right, left paradigm, Coke, Pepsi. I get that. But 
the right does represent, obviously, or it should represent much more along the lines of biblical behavior. If if you were truly had a moral compass, the left is the exact opposite. He says he's a holy leftist, just like saying I love, you know, Christian pornography is a great thing or something like that. Um, he's a seminarian, meaning he's going to Asbury. He's celibate, so he's not having gay sex with other men. Um, he's in flux, meaning he's double-minded, and a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And I understand that you can be in flux, but in this case, come on. I mean, and um, so I'm going to let this video play. Okay, a bunch of people are saying now that this post that's going around about the Asbury revival that's saying that homosexuals have been leading the warship, that it's not true. Well, I don't know why they're saying that, because I easily no, went and exactly. found this kid, Edward Versailles. His page, here he is. It's a real post on his Twitter. And if you scroll up just a little bit from that, you can see that he declares that he was once a charismatic, that he loves Catholicism. So now yep. you're starting to think... He was actually, he grew up General Association of Baptists, and then he became a charismatic. I kind of did the exact opposite i went from charismatic to baptist he says now i'm a free methodist but i really love catholicism again a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways no wonder he says he's in flux and gays in general are some of the most double-minded unstable people because they're full of devils okay and they're unsaved so of course they're going to be double-minded and in flux they've got so many demons in them that are creating this chaotic situation in the mind you know um anyway uh emergent church which is exactly the thing which does not right. lead to god exactly. it is preparation for the new world order false prophet church yep. he grew up assemblies of god this is and you see he just names all these religions that he loves and was a part of and will be a part of so that looks like ecumenicalism aka the emergent church in modern parlance and look at the next post he has I don't know why y'all are so surprised that students at both institutions experience same-sex attraction and gender dysphoria and may identify under the queer umbrella. Okay, now this is one of the one of the main guys that's going to Asbury that just said that, you know, he was grew up Baptist, went to charismatic, whatever, loves Catholicism. Totally openly gay. His name's Elijah. Here's a picture of him. He's posting this online in social media. And he says, I don't understand why you're all so surprised that students at both institutions experience same-sex attraction. I mean, what, why would you, why would you have a person like this corrupting your institution, openly gay, glorying in his shame, but because he says, oh, I'm celibate, which, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. They're also some of the biggest liars that you'll ever be around gay people, typically. Same-sex attraction and gender dysphoria may identify under the queer umbrella. Can you imagine, like, a, somebody like him going back even 50 years ago in, in like, a, a most church... I mean, it, no, it wouldn't have happened. But, you know, we're so much more progressive and better today because, you know, that's just the way things are. So this guy is clearly a liberal, not yeah. not a biblically-based Christian. And this guy's talking about he's part of this Asbury thing. Yeah. So again, just one more indicator 
that should include and a holy leftist people to uh, stay away wait if it's something of god it will last okay you don't have to run down there next tuesday or tomorrow morning pray carefully and just go in with a, a healthy dose of skepticism and listen to what everyone else is saying because a lot of people are saying that it's charismania but just pretending not to be so that means there's deception and who who hides the light of christ does not hide the ones who hide behind veils behind untruths they're the ones you should not trust this is the man from modesto reminding you as always to pray okay so um i want to go back to his original post because he never even actually read it uh let me just see one thing really oh okay okay so he makes this post this this gay guy who's openly leading worship with probably other i'm assuming other gay guys elijah this is him day eight and my seminary friends are still leading worship did you know that poc meaning people of color women and queer students have been leading worship all eight days queer students so there's more than one queer i'm assuming gays and lesbians who knows bisexuals transgenders who knows both student bodies have lended themselves into us being uh, uh being us towards the throne of god you're not towards the throne of God. You're towards the throne of Satan. This is total leaven. This is this is a total unbiblical joke. God has nothing to do with this. With I, I mean this aspect of it. I mean, a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. And and everywhere I turn when I'm looking at this, it's just loaded with leaven. I mean, what what does the Bible say about homosexuals and con and the con and its consequences? I mean, Corinthians six nine through ten. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. And I just went over this verse recently. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Now, the outline of biblical uses is abusers of um, themselves with mankind is one who lies with a male as with a female a sodomite or a homosexual that's what that means in the king james nor thieves nor covetous nor drunkards nor revilers nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of god romans 1 26 through 28 for this god cause god gave them up to vile affections um and even their women did change the natural use which is against nature and likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the women burned in their lust one toward another men working men that which is unseemly and received in themselves the recompense of air that was meat meaning proper fit and even as they did not like to retain god in their knowledge god gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things not convenient yeah and again i read this verse earlier but who knowing the judgment of god they which commit such things are worthy of death not only do the same but have pleasure in them that do them misery loves company leviticus 2013 if a man lie with a man as he lie with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall be surely put to death. Old Testament, but God's the same today, yesterday, and forever. I think he still takes it pretty seriously. And then again, Leviticus 18, 22 through 30. And I'm just going to kind of go through this quicker. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. Neither shall thou lie with any beast, meaning an animal, to defile thyself therewith. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down there too it is confusion 
defile ye not in any defile ye not yourselves in any of these things for in all these the nations are defiled which i cast out before you and the land is defiled remember what i said about how this defiles the land therefore do i visit the iniquity thereof upon it and the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants so in a land where this is taking place and it's sanctioned by law then you've got child sacrifice you've got you know all this lgbtq stuff going on how much bestiality i don't know you got witchcraft all of these are things that defile the land and eventually the land will vomiteth out her inhabitants i don't know what's coming to america but um you know this doesn't bode well these verses don't bode well when we're when collectively the church is glorying in its shame and not speaking out against these wicked things that are going on or if they are it's with a whimper by and large i know there's exceptions i get it um oh, okay i got a little extra time here um I'm, i'll go to the next report here uh oh and just i wanted to kind of set this straight I, i've got this one guy has been emailing me and um always gives me a bogus email address so i just figured i'd go, I'd go over this super quick online and he emails me and he says my name little scott scotty beam me up at gmail.com oh isn't that clever <laughs> my my clever and then the subject is exalting scotty thanks for exalting yourself scotty boy mr growing up in salem salem ohio which does not mean jerusalem dude yeah i was really bragging about growing up in salem i didn't grow up there i was born there okay i didn't live there i was born there i don't exactly think that i was exalting myself by saying that salem was 20 miles due um east or west of east palestine and um i was relating that story and how i grew up there okay and i'm glad he set me straight on salem does not mean jerusalem because obviously this guy is a top level theological seminary student now i said to him oh and then he said wow you cannot even pronounce uh palestine correctly meaning east palestine yeah maybe i said palestine like in the middle east i'm sorry guys you know i speak maybe four to sometimes six hours online and i'm gonna mess up some words um but he's such an expert and he had to correct me on that um you cannot even pronounce uh palestine correctly jesus would slap you in the face for that and this guy's emailed me multiple times so i just figured i'd finally you know just say something a little bit about this i said here you go this information is super easy to find but just remember you are the final word on all wisdom in the universe and normally i don't even get into this stuff but i wanted just for anybody thinking that it's not if you do a etymology study of the word salem okay in the old testament salem okay strong's concordance blue letter bible lexicon strong's h8004 salem it means peace okay which i said it means peace and it also it was also the place where melchizedek was king 
because he was called king of Salem. Okay. Most Jewish commentators affirm that it is the same as Jerusalem. Salem. I mean, Salem is a part of the word Jerusalem. Okay. So most Jewish commentators affirm that this is the same as Jerusalem. That's why I said it's Jerusalem. So he's totally wrong. 100%. And um, it also means peaceful or shalom, an early name of Jerusalem, which is Salem. Okay, so anybody that might have been wondering about that, I just wanted to kind of throw that in there. Um, I'm going to... Mm, oh, I don't know if I have enough time to get into all these. I'm going to go ahead and stop here. And I guess I have to go to a part three here. So I'm going to try to get a part three in and see how far I can get here. So God bless you and Lord willing, we will see you in part three.